Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Electrician Show. Uh, just joined in with Mark Day. It's been a while since the last one, hasn't it? Yeah, it has been a bit of time, mate. It's nice to come back on and have a chat with you. Well, I'm sure we'll have something interesting to speak about. Yeah, especially a few. I've got, we got, are you on for the JLB one tomorrow? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, looking forward I'll to it. To him about, I think I've said 4.30, if that's all right. But... Yeah, works for me. I can make that work. So, yeah, it'll be uh, another nice... In the morning... Then we've got Rick in the morning, haven't we? So we're going to record one hour, two tomorrow. And um, yeah, I'll schedule these out for over the summer. So. Yeah, I mean, he'll have a nice collection of recordings there. I'm, I'm, it's nice to speak with Rick. We haven't, I, I haven't chatted with him very much off uh, as it is. He's just too busy, isn't he? So catching up with him will be decent. Yeah. I was thinking, I, know, so I'm so, I, was, I was thinking about going to an audio only. And then I was thinking about maybe I'll just put these out raw the video format on YouTube, just very raw, just chuck it out there. I don't know what to do. What do you reckon? Yeah, I've asked these questions before. I, I've gone back to just doing audio with The Apprentice one-to-one -one, because it was taking me forever to get the videos to render and stuff. But yeah, if, you, if you're just going to chuck them up raw, why not, I guess? Um, it's, it's, yeah, I might give it a go. And just one, get it. It's what you feel comfortable with. Yeah, I think I think I was probably over-engineering it a bit, if I'm honest with you, Mark, in terms of just... Because I don't think people realise when you've sort of got... When you, you'll know this when you've got one camera or one set of files and you're just chopping your computer can take that but when you've got to try and do this zoom call you've i've got about one two three four about five files going because i have to chop yeah. between the two and it just takes it takes a lifetime to render it can take about 11 12 13 hours and um it's a massive drain on your time isn't it i got worth the squeeze yeah, I just got to the point where I, I gave up on that and just gone back to the audio because it's easy. Um, uh, not not putting them onto YouTube, but obviously your platform's different. So whatever you want to do with it. Yeah, now. no, I think I'll, I'll see how it goes and um, I'll just go with the flow. It's what, it's what we talk about, I suppose, which is the most important thing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. The content is always king. A lot of people say that. And um, we have got some nice topics to speak about in the next few days. This one is a good one. And obviously the JIB one as well. So... You've got a right little selection there. Yeah, I can't wait to get the GRB on board. Um, I think it's going to be a cracking one. I've certainly learned some stuff over the over the past four weeks that we've spoke about, and um, yeah, I think that's going to be a good one. I think a lot of a lot of electricians out there are probably going to raise an eyebrow, go, "Oh, really?" So um, yeah, that'd be an interesting one. I think. Yeah, that was that was me when you started so, talking. I'm, about... I'm just going to apologise if I do put this out on YouTube. It is 27 degrees in here, and I'm sweating beautifully. It's horrible. So um, bear with me, please. I'm not as, not as cool as Mark and his air-conditioned uh, ivory I towers. Wish it was air I wish it was air-conditioned, but up north, we don't ever really see much in the way of heat. So it's only about 23, 24 today. Nice, cool breeze. It's a pretty, pretty uh, fine day, actually. Uh, well, all right, so what we're talking about today. So I should caveat this. We had... We've been chatting with the NIC about this um, to try and get them on board and try and get them to discuss um, their their recent announcement. It's not so recent now. It's taken so long for them to come back to me and uh, say, no, they're not coming on, which is a shame. They've, they said they'll consider it in the future, but they're just not in a position where they're engaged with any external sort of uh, podcast at the moment. They have got their own podcast. So do check, if you go onto the NIC website, you'll find their own podcast. They're short two, three, four-minute snippets of little bits and bobs. Um, but yeah, we tried to get them on, but it wasn't to be, maybe in the future. Um, so what we wanted to talk about is the the move, the, the current move that they've announced. Now, I think you're going to take me on a journey here, Mark, in terms of they've announced that they're changing their specification for joining 
and it may not be as um, solely down to the NIC's internal decision making that we might first have thought. So, what is what is the announcement? What what have they said they're going to do? Basically, that they're going to stop the entry into their membership for short courses. That's that's the very short story, isn't it? So where you could typically go and do one of these courses over a few weeks and then gain entry to a CPS, um, the NIC and others, that's now going to stop. That's essentially what all this is about. So that'd be a domestic installer scheme we're talking. Are they stopping the domestic installers team? I don't think they Not are, no. I mean, one. When, you, when you actually drill down into it, um, they kind of are, but they kind of are. So they've recently merged Elex into their NIC brand as well. So that's going on. In the background, some people thought they might keep that separate just to have as kind of a domestic install installer scheme, but they aren't. They're putting it all in one place. Um, and then they've got this this new announcement where they're going to stop new people coming into their uh, scheme. This doesn't affect people who are already in there immediately um, without proper NVQ training. Um, but there is a caveat to that as well that we can get to later on in this in this podcast. And it kind of all falls back to what is the EAS document. So that's the Electrotechnical Assessment Specification, um, which isn't just the NIC's document. This is produced by industry, and all of the CPSs have to meet that. So so this EAS document, that is sort of an over... I suppose the CPS's guidance? Yeah, essentially. Set, I mean, from, uh, uh, set from above? Yeah, essentially it's produced by the, the Ministry of Housing, uh, and communities at government level. There's some local government involvement as well. Electrical Safety First are involved and the IET and then all of the CPSs. So they all have input into it to give it direction. Um, and this is kind of what's been put forward. There was a little interim period that was uh, in 2020. So this was going to come in a bit sooner, but they've had this kind of period. I think it was from uh, the 1st of September in 2020 until the 31st of August this year where they had some different criteria for people enrolling into CPSs. And then it changes again on the 1st of September this year to the new system going forward um, for what they, what they want to do now. And obviously when we're talking about CPSs, um, there isn't just the NIC. You've got, I think there's five of them, isn't there, off the top of my head? Is it um, BESCA, I think, is one of the more unique ones. You've got Blue Flame, Napit, Offtech, and Searcher. And I think there's even, uh, for the defined schemes, there's another one as well to do with uh, plumbing and heating. I think APHC. So they're not the only ones, and they all have to work to this specification if they want to enrol electricians um, into this, this scheme of self-certification uh, within a CPS. So is it, is it the fact that, that the EC, EAS document has changed, or is it the CPS is catching up and saying that they've been pulled up and told that you can't operate like that, this is a document you've got to see? This document, it was in place in 2015. I think they've just updated it again in 2020. They, they review it fairly regularly, but the changes that were going to come in were considered a bit too harsh all at once, and they wanted a bit of a stepping stone towards them, which, as COVID came out, it kind of made sense anyway. Because of that, it's a bit difficult for people to get in on, on, on training um, to meet some of these new requirements if they're wanting to enter into a CPS. And I do think it's good that the NIC have spoken about this because some of the other um, CPSs aren't really saying an awful lot. And while people are going through training to try and enter into their membership, um, if the rules around that are changing, I think that's one of the things they should all be shouting about to make those people aware of it so that they can adjust the training um, to achieve what they want to achieve at the end of the day. Yeah, I think the NIC have pulled a bit of a marketing um, 
diamond out the bag there. They've sort of they've um, they've sort of controlled the flow of media and information and made it that sound as if it was it was their idea. And from what you're saying and what we know is that this has been forced upon all CPSs. Um, they've got to implement this document in their in their in their registration process. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it's it's the minimum requirements to be recognised by CPS um, to be a QS or an inspector. There's a couple of different criteria still, and they do still have a domestic route as well. Um, so that I've got I've got some of the key documentation around the actual enrolment into the CPSs. They still have the. Um, approved for all electrotechnical work, they call it, uh, in dwellings as a qualified supervisor. And then they've got a section for if you're going to do testing and inspection as well. And the qualifications you need to be enrolled on those basis are different. Um, essentially, if you're wanting to step up to be kind of approved contractor, it's more to do with having your test and inspection um, involved with your qualification. Is that initial verification? Yes, yeah, so, I mean, initial verification is... Yeah, initial verification is needed if you're going to be on the domestic dwelling side of things. But if you want to step up into approved contracts as well, you need the um, periodic inspection as well. So that's that's the right. full scope of the testing. And that kind of makes sense, doesn't it? But they do still have this um, thing where from the 1st of September, they call it a level three certificate in installing, testing and ensuring compliance of electrical installations. So this is... This is a qualification that is sort of um, an MVQ, but also not. So it, essentially, it's kind of four weeks of classroom learning, looking into it, and then you get two years to go away and build a portfolio yourself in a similar way to what you would on a traditional apprenticeship, but not on mm. an apprenticeship, if you understand what I'm saying. So that's, um, I think it's it's an EAL course. There used to be a City and Guilds one, but that's stopped. So I think it's the 7695. And there's 271 learning hours of that. So that is, that's giving people a way to qualify as a qualified supervisor um, to work in domestic dwellings. So that route is still there through the EAS document. It just takes a little bit longer. Right. Okay. So is that sort of, I would say, a hybrid NVQ in terms of you're not really going to be working under someone's direct supervision, maybe, but you're sort of got to draw up this portfolio um, as evidence to the to EAS. Did you say it was EAL? Yes, yes, it's an EAL qualification. I think LCL do one as well. Um, there was a City and Guilds one, but that's no longer been offered. I don't know if they're currently working on replacing that because obviously these changes are quite recent. Um, but yeah, essentially, you're right, Neil. That is what it is. It's it's that kind of merging uh, an MVQ into home-based learning, if you like, and going off and being able to do it on your own, um, and producing a portfolio of evidence for somebody to peer review, um, and then you can put yourself forward for for an interview to decide if you are competent to be um, working as an electrician in in dwellings. And that is an important point to make that that does just apply for domestic dwellings, but it's kind of keeping that route open for domestic installers coming into the industry but they have a more robust qualification that they need to achieve than at, at present if we're honest because you know you can just do your wiring race well, sounds like a positive to be fair that sounds like yeah. quite a big positive i think so and a lot of the, the learning providers and training companies seem to be kind of moving towards offering this course i've had a little google around this afternoon and most of the big players seem to be picking up on it and putting this forward for people um and, and yeah, if it's going to be running the right way, where people are going to get the right training and support with getting that practical experience that they're going to need, 
then uh, it can only be a good thing for me. And it's nice that the, the CPSs are kind of wanting to do that. Um, working alongside the EAS document, we're saying it's been enforced upon them, but they are part of that committee who produced that document. We need to remember that. So they're the ones who've had input mm. into this document. Um, and, and yeah, that's it, it's good. It's good, I think, as a general overview of it. It's a stepping stone towards where we might want to go in the future. And as I said, if you're already in the um, schemes at present, they can't take that away from you. They're not allowed to do that. So if you're actually with the NIC already as a, a domestic installer, you can still remain as such, is my understanding. Um, whether they're going to put um, factors in place where you have to take additional training to maintain that going forward, you would expect that they probably will. Um, but you'll give you, they'll give you a period of time to achieve that. And that's, that's only reasonable, I would think, as well. Yeah, I think so. I suppose our advice would be if if you want our advice is uh, check with your check with your CPS and ask them what what transition period, if anything, is going to be if you're not up to the current EAS model. Um, what transition period, if any, there's going to be, and how long you've got to do it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and then it, looking at so that it's it's table C in the EAS document. And that's to do with the inspection and testing again. So if you want to be entering into the inspection and testing world through a CPS, you have to actually provide evidence of work you've carried out and be able to demonstrate two years of competence, periodic inspection and testing. And I think that's a really key thing, especially with PRS. There's been a lot of people who've been kind of badged up from the domestic installer world as inspectors. We've all seen the results of that. And I think this could be quite a powerful thing in trying to um, help prevent those people from being able to do these inspections or at least encourage them towards some more training so they're better able to do them should we say um so that's another powerful thing inside this eas document so on the face of it and interrupt me and tell me i'm a div if i'm wrong so i'm thinking there's two routes you've got we'll call one route a route a is the traditional um i get sick of saying this now gold card electrician route so you get your full qualifications what they would call your full qualifications i know there's a, big, there's a big world of qualifications out there, but what industry says is your qualifications to become an electrician, and then you'll get the um, approved contractor row. Option B would be to go via um, the domestic route, which would be that new um, hybrid NVQ system, as well as a set of, I suppose, sort of um, principal um, theory sitting guild stuff to go along with that. Yeah, absolutely, Neil. That's a good point to make. You still need your wiring regs qualifications and some other underpinning testing qualifications as well underpinning that's the word i was looking for all right so then you've got that route to become a domestic inst a domestic installer um yeah. on the we're talking about the nic route here mainly yeah. everyone will have their equivalent yeah. um and then if you want to so under that you can install in a domestic setting and maintain a domestic setting under the nic badge but you cannot then carry out an eicr under the NIC's badge, correct? Yeah, essentially, unless you've done that further training and they've awarded the inspection and testing element of their membership to you as well. So they, they're kind of breaking it down a little bit from my understanding. And there is another key aspect to all this that we haven't spoken about yet, and that's the mature candidate assessment. So there is another... One second, before we go into that, before we go into that, because I just want to... So we could be in a situation here where someone gets their um, domestic installer, they then work... They then need to carry out EICRs for two years and evidence that uh, competent level to be able to do EICRs, but they can't do EICRs. Yeah, I guess that's the that's the tricky part of it, isn't it? You need to kind of get involved, I think, with some supervision 
of people who are qualified. And if you're in a bigger company, like a company like yours, that wouldn't really be an issue for someone because you would have other experienced people to give them that opportunity and kind of lead them along that path um, and countersign the documents with them, I guess. But if you're a sole trader and a one-man band and you don't have opportunity to do that, it's quite a hard place to go to, isn't it? At the end of the day, you have to produce evidence that you're able to do it but you can't actually gather that evidence because you're not allowed to do it. So it's, it is a tricky, yeah. tricky I'm quite out it's of the going to catch, It's a catch-22, and I suppose the intent is that, as you just said, alluded to then, that you you work under the sort of supervision of someone. So it may well be that you tap up your mate in the wholesalers and shadow in, shadowing on some work or shadow her on some works and get your experience that way. But there's no doubt in my mind um, this is... I think it's quite open to abuse. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, I mean, you a could, lot of people you, will just be doing ERCRs and just saying that this is what I've been doing for the last two years, regardless. It's, it's a really hard thing to actually evidence, isn't it? That's what they're saying. Must provide evidence, but I mean, you know, there's lots of ways you could produce that evidence, isn't there? When it's maybe not anything that's actually real. So that's going to be something that they're going to have to to drill down into in their processes, I guess. And like you said, um, quite how that's possible, I'm not sure because I could think of probably ten ways to bypass that. <laughs> Well, I mean, listen, I think it's fair to say that one-man band's houses will be the most safest re regularly <laughs> test houses ever because they'll just be doing their own house and their garages forever every year. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, it is, it, is, it is a good thing that they're coming up with these ideas, but they've got to drill it all out still and actually turn it into a reality. And I think that's why they had that little stepping stone of the, the year or so through 2020 to what is August, end of August coming now so they can get these processes in place. Um, and maybe some of the other CPSs will start coming out and saying some some stuff as well as we are moving towards that date. Um, like you said, the NIC stole a jump on everybody and they've kind of got a lot of industry support off the back of it. There's been some positive stories and um, opinions been shared on social mm. media off the back of that. Yeah, I know a lot of the NIC are doing lately. I like the question of the week. I think that's going down well. And it always makes me laugh when you get the haters on there slagging off the question, but they can't help but answer it. You know what I mean? They can't yeah. help it. That's exactly what it's designed for, guys. You're playing the game that you say you don't like. I think it's great to ask these questions because it's amazing how many people, even myself a couple of times, have got it tragically wrong. And you think, oh my God, I should know that. But yeah. sometimes I mean, you shoot from the hip, then you yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of people who consistently bash the NIC and they've, they've done that for quite some time. And it's the same kind of voices that you see saying these things. And sometimes you, mm. you get a bit headstrong in your own opinions, can't you? And you need to step back a little bit and kind of look at it more on a fair basis. And those questions from the NIC, some of them are quite basic. But like you said, we're all capable of making mistakes and it kind of makes people think refreshes your, your, your training and understanding of stuff. I think it's good. I think it's good that they're yeah, engage, engaging more as well on social media. They've been accused of that in the past, like not getting involved in discussions and they're encouraging yeah, I've been, I've, been a, I've been in front of that. Yeah, saying they haven't. And yeah, it seems like the NRC sometimes damned if they do, damned if they don't. Yeah, 100%. They can't do right can't for do doing wrong. wrong. Uh, so you're saying, so we've got the, so to summarise where we are at the moment, we've got the two routes. Um with a, uh, a clear transition between the two, if you so wish to. So you then start to talk about the experienced worker route, is that what you, or mature candidate? Yeah, I think they call it a mature candidate assessment or the um, prior experience. That'd be, and that'd be you, not me then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it's the, it's based around the two, three, four, six as a city and guilds looking at, at what it says. And that kind of applies to all the different sectors as well. So you can go through the mature candidate assessment for the domestic only, for the um, approved contractor in full and the test and inspection. 
and I think it kind of leans on the the JIB uh, mature assessment route as well. It's it's similar from the sounds of what it looks like it's laid out as, and there are qualifications you can work towards achieving to evidence it on a um, technical point of view. If you don't have the certificates from your prior learning in the past, um, I think it's a two three five six nine nine. Um, so there's there's qualifications there, and if you go on the internet and just put in the EAS specification, they actually have um, a whole PDF file that kind of tells you all of the qualifications that meet the certain requirements of these different subsections of the, of the scheme itself. So if you're not sure and you do want to have a little look and see if you do meet them, uh, it is all on there. They've produced all this and published it. It's well worth checking. But yeah, the, the mature candidate assessment is another one because obviously they don't want to deny people access who've been working in the industry for a long time but maybe not got current qualifications. I mean, that's often an accusation that's thrown at the JIB, which I'm sure we'll talk about on the podcast later this week. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. And I'll sort of, I'm, I'm going to say this, and I'm not going to be embarrassed about it and, and hold back a little bit, really, but it's, I, I keep hearing certain areas of social media saying that this is out of order, that they should be uh, uh, disrespected. They, should, they shouldn't be disregarding um my my or our knowledge we've been in the industry 20 years 30 years 15 years but then them same people tell everyone else to do the work you need to do the work and i find it a little bit a little bit rich if i'm honest with you for people to say everyone else got to do the work but then you haven't or I, everyone else has but i haven't you know what i mean i find that a little bit rich and i think it's not acceptable and if you have to set a baseline somewhere and you're never going to have a one-size-fits-all approach that's going to suit everyone. There are going to be people that think, oh, I've had a bit of a touch out of this, I've had a result, and there's going to be other people that feel like I've been hard done by. But you have to set the line somewhere, and there's going to be people that are upset of it, and there's going to be people that are annoyed with it. But that's the industry we're in. And this argument, I bet you know this, has been going on since I've been in the industry, 20 years, over 20 years. People have been talking about mature candidates and people that have been in the trade a long time and they, they, they don't qualify. This has been going on for 20 years. It's going to be going on for another 20 years. Get your qualifications, get your, get your accreditations and move on. Yeah, I mean, totally. There's, there's routes there to obtain these qualifications and a lot of the same people who um, cause question on all of it say how those qualifications are easy to achieve. Um, if you've got former qualifications from a long time ago, a lot of them do actually meet the requirements of these things. Um, I know a lot of um, older people who are still in the industry and have gold cards and they don't have modern NVQs or AM2s. So it's, mm. it's worthwhile exploring and because often when you hear these things, you think, oh, well, my qualifications aren't going to meet that. I'm just not going to apply. You get this kind of old wives tale, don't you? And that's often not the case. So you that's need to exactly have- right. You need to have the discussions with the people who are ultimately making these decisions. And they don't just decide this to kind of single people out or exclude people. This is stuff that's dictated to them as part of um, mm. being able to operate in the way that they do and give these graded cards. It's not something that they're deciding amongst themselves. Uh, it involves government and other committees and all sorts of discussions that take place. And like you said, there has to be a marker somewhere that everyone needs to reach and attain. And I think it's a good thing. There is loads of ways to go about achieving it if you put your mind to it. Um, and yeah, it, some of it can just seem a bit of an excuse and complaint, um, you know, for the sake of complaining sometimes. I agree. And um, I would say if anyone takes and watches as put off, maybe they've heard some advice elsewhere, they've heard an, uh, an experience elsewhere. And that's not to say that experience is not genuine. I'm not saying that. Okay. But if you have sometimes when you give your experiences out and you don't know everyone else's situation, sometimes it's a bit, 
you've got to caveat your advice with that and say, look, I don't know it all. And that's what I'm going to do now. Say, look, if you have heard advice that you think, oh, there's no way I'll get I'll get the qualify I'll get recognised as an approved electrician by JB. You know what? Get your get your certificates together. Give them a bell because they'll help you. Give them a bell and don't listen to anyone else. Don't listen to us. Don't listen to anyone else. Go and speak to the horse's mouth and say, this is what I've got. What do I need to do? And they'll give you accurate and adv- advice. Don't listen to everything you get told on the internet because a lot of it is um, just based on opinions and and life experience of what I've experienced, what you've experienced, and what whoever else has experienced. So sometimes go and do a little bit of work yourself in terms of picking up the phone and phoning people. Yeah, absolutely. I'd echo that as well. It's like you say, a lot of the things you see on social media are often polarised in one way or another. And some people get so headstrong in that opinion that they won't listen to external debate. They just kind of burn into their own beliefs and they keep repeating that message when it's not true. Guilty. Guilty. <laughs> we all are, aren't we? If we're honest, yeah, if we're honest yeah. we all are. You get, when you get into that place where you're having an argument, you can get, get so wound up in your own beliefs that you're not listening to the other voices in the discussion. I think it's sometimes a really powerful thing to be able to step back and just start listening to other people mm. And sometimes accept you don't know everything. And this is one of those cases, I think. And like you said, go and speak to the GIB. Speak to the CPSs if you want to enrol with them. Hopefully they're going to get a bit more involved with sharing these changes amongst their membership and people looking to join them. I do think they have a responsibility for that while people are paying for training. And the training companies as well, to be honest about this, and not just ignore it so they can kind of get some more cash out of people, as some of them are accused of. So, you know, there is there is that transparency around it all as well that's needed, I think. Uh, I think that's awesome. I think we've probably probably covered that 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 very well. Anything to add? Final notes? No, not really, mate. I think we've got a good uh, breadth of the idea of what's going on there. It's been a pleasure chatting with you always, and I'm sure we're going to have a yeah. few parties. We'll be bored of each other by this time tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, but I'll go to Portugal for five weeks, so I don't care. All right, you can shut up about that. You've only been going on about it all day. <laughs> yeah, that's no, terrible. So, yeah, if you've got any questions, guys, chuck it in the comments and we'll you know what I mean reach out to either Mark or Eyes on various social media platforms. We'll always give you our time. We don't know, we know we don't know we don't know much more than we know. So we can only give you our experiences. But uh yeah. Debate's always good. See you later everyone. Ta-da. Bye now. <laughs>